I wouldn't ask your kids to do anything that you've never done with them in the kitchen. Like if they've never taken out a hot sheet pan with your supervision, I wouldn't necessarily ask them to do that unsupervised. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Inspired by my 10-year-old, today we're talking about easy dinners that you can prep and your kids can start. And I love that it's inspired by your 10-year-old and not my even older children. <laughs> okay, but you were, I know. As you were saying. I tagged you in this like story on Instagram being like, Cece, I want to know, like, do your kids do this? And then I never heard from you, which is okay because I know you've been busy with back to school. But before we get into today's episode, don't you want more Stacey and Megan each week? You can with two bonus episodes from us each month for just $10. Combined with our regular weekly episodes, our every other week what we're cooking in now episodes, those bonus episodes that you could be getting would mean that you'd get us in your earbuds eight times a month. Bonus episode content isn't published anywhere else, and it includes everything from questions that you've asked us to, they're just like full-on episodes. I mean, that's just what they are. It's two more episodes. Remember when we used to call them minis? Yeah, they're never, they're been, never, never mini. ever been minis. And we even get really personal there. Stuff that we're not as comfortable maybe <laughs> having thousands and thousands moms of people. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not even the thousands of people. It's, it's literally like two people that we know <laughs> that we don't want. <laughs> we don't want them to hear it, but you, we want you to listen. <laughs> listen, if they want to pay for community membership, they can also listen. Those are facts so far, also. <laughs> they Those are facts. So anyway. Visit us at didn't I just feed you.com backslash community to sign up. Yes. Okay. I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus saying you didn't reply to the Instagram <laughs> comment, but I know that this is like both of our lived experience. And so it's like really interesting now to like have my daughter, my 10 year old, my firstborn, like having a similar experience but different. So when I was a kid, like from the time I was like in third grade, mm-hmm. I think I would ride the bus home or walk home, depending on where we lived in, in a couple houses, we were close enough to walk. I had a key. I would let myself in. I would lock myself in the house. And also my brother, I'm like now remembering I was responsible for another human <laughs> and I would hang out at the house by myself alone for several hours and that's where my love of like eating little the whole box of little debbie snacks come from like ramen noodles uncooked and dry like trying to feed myself after school snack but one of the things that i started to do in those years of me going home by myself was start dinner a lot of times it would look like just turning on the slow cooker when i got home sometimes it would be like taking a casserole dish from the fridge and putting it in the the oven or like preheating the oven. And I really like give credit to that with my interest in cooking, like starting those little things was fun and exciting. It was also exhilarating when I would forget and I would like hear my mom pull into the driveway and be like, oh, I forgot to start that chicken. And like my mom being about it but you also have that experience of like yeah you would start meals maybe that your mom had prepped or maybe not <laughs> what was that like growing up for you she did not prep anything 
<laughs> so up until fourth grade, I went to a school that was very close to my grandmother's house. And okay. I credit my love of cooking to spending so much time with her. She and I were not that close. She wasn't an easy human to be close with. But like I did spend a lot of time with her and she was cooking a lot. And one of the few ways that she really seemed to connect to her family joyfully, as opposed to (laughs) being frustrated at all of us all the time, was through cooking. So then in fifth grade, we moved and my mom and I lived much further from my grandmother's house and there was a bus home. So fifth grade, 10 years old, my mom was definitely still at work until later. I definitely started like, just like you, like get off the bus, let myself in. And I was alone until six or seven o'clock. Yeah. So every once in a while, my mom would cook something, start cooking something once she got home. But as I got older, I started experimenting more with cooking myself. And so then she started to lean on me. Right. But then it really became like by sixth grade, I was sometimes doing the grocery shopping too. Like my mom would leave like a little list, but my mom doesn't even love food and doesn't eat a lot. So like her list would be like nothing. And then cash. And we lived a block and a half from ShopRite and I would walk and then I would (laughs) push the cart home because I could take the cart (laughs) and then bring it back like by myself because I wasn't with a car or anything. And like I did the grocery shopping. It was just two of us. So it wasn't like tons of stuff always. It wasn't like I was shopping the way I food shop weekly for my family of four currently. Right. And then once I started doing that, it was like, okay, well, can you make the rice aroni yourself? Can you cook the pasta yourself? Yep. I will say, though, that I didn't, I don't think I had as big a repertoire as you. Like, I think I really did just make like pasta, rice aroni, like scrambled eggs. My mom would come home and cook. It wasn't until I got a little bit older when she felt like she'd get home and be tired. And I'd be like, what's for dinner? And she'd be like, literally, uh, we have some feta cheese. We have a can of sardines because she was happy eating a can of sardines and a slice of feta cheese. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. She was like, that counts as a dinner and I'm tired. So like, there you go. And then I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like that was by high school where I was like, that's not what I want to eat. Also, like that's not enough food for me. But anyway, also. We have a whole episode in the listeners group. We were joking about our moms. And I think it's funny that our moms are tied into this, like easy dinners that you you can prep and your kids can cook because that isn't, isn't really our lived experience, but I want people to like join the supporting membership and go listen to that episode for more context of how your mom eats and how my mom eats. Yes. I don't. Because there's such a big difference between the way that they eat then and like what we were grappling with is just like young, growing, hungry people. And also the way they both eat today versus how we eat today and try to get And how they approach our kids who are their grandkids. It's very interesting. But I think it's funny that you think I had like some. I don't know. You talk about it like you were like, I I started to cook. I was like, I made rice aroni. Yes. It's not that much of a job. Okay. Like I, I make the joke that like, oh, I just got tired of my mom making hamburger helper. But like at first, that's what I was doing. I would be, I would be like, I don't want the like slow cooker chicken that you make once a week anymore. Like, can we buy the hamburger helper 
And I'll make that, I'll start that at like 6.30 so it's ready when you get home kind of thing. And then I moved on to like the very American like beef tacos where you like buy the old El Paso kit and like ground beef and like do that. And then gradually like moved up to like what I thought was so fancy, Phyllis, (laughs) like making chilies inspired fajitas in the gas tower. Oh my God. I used to, you know what I thought was fancy? Did you have Chi-Chi's? Chi-Chi's was a chain. I think it might only be a Northeast chain, but it was like Chi-Chi's. I think they actually have packaged foods now in some places. Yeah. Okay. But Chi-Chi's was a restaurant that's basically Chili's, but it was like, but this is Mexican food and it wasn't even Mexican food. It was Tex-Mex food. But also the fajitas, because it came to the table sizzling. And I was like, this is amazing. I totally thought that was fancy. Totally. Yes. Okay. So that's so funny because Ella, my 10-year-old, recently we were struggling with like, she basically wants to eat like the highly processed food all the time. She wants that like super satisfying. I mean, I do too. And I'm like, listen, I will buy or make like anything you want. And she's like, I just want like some fancier food. I'm like, well, what is what does that even mean? And like her answer is like French fries, but not like the home style French fries that I make from scratch. She wants like the thin frozen fries yeah. and like avocado toast. I'm like, Ella, those things are not those are not it's fancy. so cute that she thinks that's fancy. I think it's funny what kids think are fancy. I know. But those are the only two ideas I got any out of the whole thing. Anyways, last month, we have been so busy with football and soccer and like Brian working out of town. And Ella has started staying home by herself, which is also one of the questions I tagged you in. Like, what age? I think it's a little bit different for for us because we both work from home. My kids don't have the opportunity to come home to an empty house. But like we've just in the last six months started letting Ella stay home by herself while we're like at the football fields with Emmett or like we're at a meeting downtown or something like that, like in, where she doesn't want to go. Yeah. Or we run an errand and, and Emmett comes with us, but she wants to stay at the house. And it's like for an hour or two. But like, when did you start doing that with your boys or is it? Is it later, earlier, because like you also work from home and have for a while? I think it is definitely later because I work from home. And then, you know, Oliver is like just 13 and it's been the pandemic, right? So like he was pretty young still, like he was at the end of fourth grade when everything shut down. So he really hasn't had much opportunity. Also, he's the kind of kid who doesn't like, we call them Velcro kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's that kid who's always by my side. He's always chatting. It's always like, it doesn't exist if he hasn't like talked about it at infinitum in my ear, you know, or in Mike's ear. So he didn't really crave being home alone. Whereas Isaac, who had more of an opportunity because he's older. And so he was older before the pandemic started. And Isaac loves being home alone because he's just the kind of person who loves being alone and by himself. Like it just hits different when he comes into the house and nobody's here, even though like I'll leave him alone and he gets to be alone in his room or alone in the living room and kitchen area. I would say that Isaac definitely started staying home alone, alone, definitely by fifth grade for like exactly what you're doing with Ella. And he liked it and he wanted it and he pushed for it. 
Oliver is now in seventh grade and hasn't had nearly as much opportunity to do so just because of circumstance. And then I think it's also like, I think of all the pandemic dogs too, who like had everybody around so much that now they have high anxiety. So we just recently, Oliver's also a younger. So for Isaac, he would be home and we have to take your little brother. But there was really not as much opportunity for like, Oliver, you stay home. We're taking your older brother somewhere because we live in New York City. Once Isaac was older, he could just go on his own because there's public transportation and everything's kind of walkable. So Oliver gets nervous about being home alone. That's Emmett. Sometimes we're like, oh, you can stay with Ella. We're literally running to the grocery store. Like, we'll be back in 30 minutes. And he's like, I absolutely not. That's so interesting. So Oliver used to like staying home with Isaac, but they fought all the time. So I was nervous because mm. like one time we did go to the supermarket and Isaac called like, like he's going to hit me. <laughs> I'm hiding in my room. You know, like they get in a fight and Oliver was much younger and much more like impulsive. He would never do that now. But like it, they were, they used to be explosive. Yeah. Now though. A recent Friday night, Mike and I were invited somewhere and Isaac stayed out with friends and it was like, okay, Oliver, you're going to be home alone until like 11. And he was like, okay, cool. And it was the first time, you know, he's, he wasn't quite 13 yet. So in seventh grade, I think that's a little old. I think that's interesting because the, when we asked the question on Instagram, as didn't I just feed you? It was like a really wide range. Like I was, people were like, oh, you're leaving your 10 year old home alone. Like uh, some people think 12 is the marker. Some people were like, yes, 10 is perfect, but only for like yes, one or two hours. Totally. I agree with that. That makes yeah. sense to me. And I, I realized there is a lot of nuance to it, right? Like, do your kids have phones? Your kids have phones because they live in New York city and they get themselves a lot of places on public transportation. That, that makes sense to me. My kids probably won't have phones at the same ages because we live in a different community. We are like closer together. I don't, I, there's so many reasons, but like, I just wanted to mention, because I think if people have questions, like most people don't have landlines anymore we just use Facebook Messenger or like another Messenger app and the kids have those on their iPads so they can still like text with us and call us on our phones with that. And I think that that's like a useful tool for people who are like, I want to try it out, but like we don't have a phone. So what would they do in an emergency? Isaac stayed home for like an hour here and there when he was in fifth grade and he did not have a phone in fifth grade. We didn't give him a phone then. So he used his iPad and he used, and his iPad had a lot of lockdowns and it's like, you don't yeah. want them just, well, now I don't care. They do just stay on screens the whole time we're gone. But then I kind of didn't want it. So it was on lockdown, but he would use FaceTime audio yes. to call us. So that's another great one. I think Facebook messenger is another great tool. And I agree that your point about like where you live and how you live is really important. Like if you live in a two family home with a grandparent downstairs you know, that's one thing versus if you live in a rural area and your house is like really far from another house. For us, the city is a funny double-edged sword where I feel like on one hand, it can feel scary is not the right word. But I think to people who don't live in a city, it can like intimidating, intimidating, or maybe like there's more possible threats. Mm -hmm. But another thing is, 
every single time to this day that I've left my kids, I can text a neighbor and just say like, FYI, Oliver and Isaac are home alone or Isaac's home alone or, and they are two doors down, like two seconds away. Same. It's like not even yeah. a drive. It's like someone can run to the house. We li- we do that with Ella and our next door neighbors or li- they like live across the street. I'm like, Hey, Ella's here. If she needs, I told her if she needs anything, she can come over. Totally. I, cause you mentioned like the nuance of it. I also want to acknowledge that our lived perspective now is like, we are in a two parent home, but we also were forced into that, like coming home alone because we both had single moms. And so there are probably our parents who like their kids are a little bit younger and they're doing the things that we're talking about for our kids. Um, I think you also, like you were saying like Capricorn versus Libra. Yeah birth order like it's your kids and you, we think if you're making a decision that's different from ours that like you're probably making the right decision for your family no matter what the dynamic I is. think that's a very important thing to say and that's going to extend into the food conversation because yes like how much prep they can do whether they can be near an oven like of course there are rough age guidelines and we hope it's just interesting to hear how others do it but like it's very personal Isaac was happy to stay home alone before Oliver, but Oliver is much more comfortable in the kitchen and is like comfortable, like pulling something out of a hot oven. To this day, Isaac feels weird about it. Like it's like nervous. So it's really just what works for you. Yes. Okay. Some like, like, I don't know, ground rules or ideas is just bouncing off of what you said. Like, I wouldn't ask your kids to do anything that you've never done with them in the kitchen. Like if they've never taken out a hot sheet pan with your supervision, I wouldn't necessarily ask them to do that unsupervised unless you're like going to walk through it on the weekend in some capacity, like train them how to do it because otherwise it's like confusing slash dangerous. It's too much margin for error. Totally. Say, like, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, my kid can use the oven, but not the stovetop. Maybe they have gas and they feel nervous about their kids turning that on. Or they're like, they can use X knives or like use the vegetable peeler, but they can't use the mandolin unsupervised. Do you have any rules like that? Well, Isaac is going to be 16 soon. And I still don't want him to use knives because he's not adept at it. Like maybe Oliver when he's 16 or 17. Knives to me... I get nervous, even with a kid who is fairly adept and uses them regularly, just because if there is like, I mean, I guess this is just me being overly cautious. It's like one of those, it's a personal anxiety. If there is an accident, that's one that's going to need to be dealt with like immediately. And if no one's around or if they're kind of shocked and they forget like what neighbor is home or who they're supposed to call. I don't know. I just feel like that really depends on how confident your kid is with a knife because even I slip and sometimes and it depends what they're doing when they cook. Like Oliver's good with a knife, but Oliver would also like if he's home alone, probably have like the television on at the same time, you know, to yeah, like keep him distracted. company and be distracted. And then like if something happens be, to me, that would feel like a disaster. Okay. But that's helpful. So it's like, we want to suggest recipes where it's like already sort of assembled and they either just like have to turn something on or put something in the oven. How do we feel about them? Like grating cheese. I feel like grating cheese is fine. I feel like for Oliver, I would like, if it means turning the stovetop on and like sauteing something, 
or like reheating on the stovetop and like having him having to stir and tend to it. I feel like he would do that. I feel like he's very attentive when it comes to fire because he doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I feel like the fi- I'm more nervous about the fire than the knives. Yeah, and you're totally. More about yeah, the knives than which the fire. I think that's yeah, great because okay. it's a personal thing. Yeah, the fire doesn't scare me with him. So like, uh, I would let Oliver cook pasta, and I would probably give him tongs. He's more comfortable. Pull like I would be like not a cut pasta because instead of carrying a pot of boiling water to the sink, that makes him nervous. But like when he cooks ramen for himself, he'll use tongs and just pull it out into a bowl, like a bigger mixing bowl. So there's like a lot of margin of error. These are not the utensils I would use when I'm cooking ramen, but that he can do. So if I was going to have him cook pasta, I'd have him cook spaghetti, something that you can easily tong out as opposed to like ziti, which could become tricky. Okay. I love that. And also you saying ramen for some reason was like, oh yeah. The microwave. Yeah. I will sometimes cook ramen in the microwave. Yes. And then that opens up like, yes, maybe they can put the like main casserole in the oven, but that they could also use the microwave to like quickly steam green beans or broccoli too and help a little bit. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought up the microwave and also having any day cookware, which we both love. And you really don't need special microwave cookware, but something like any day makes it really easy. So if you're going to have your kid help a lot or you're working, you're a single parent and your kid really does need to help a lot and the microwave is a smart tool for you, you might want to invest in just like a small starter pack because then they don't have to worry about saran wrap or a little bit open. It kind of takes the guesswork out of the equation. Which is what we want to do, right? Yeah. This is like another ground rule is like whatever you're asking them to do, make sure that you leave them simple, concise, but like detailed instructions about what they're supposed to do, at least while you're like in this learning phase of it. Not to complain about my mom. Mom, I love you so much. But my mom has the worst handwriting of all (laughs) times ever. And I can't tell you how many times there were like, I would come home as like an 11 year old and be like, what does this even say I'm supposed to do? Is that an, a 375 or an 875? Like, I can't even get the oven to go up to 875. Like, what is happening? That's hilarious. And now kids just text us. <laughs> yes. I know that there's that, right? But like, if we're talking about, you know, you've got like Facebook Messenger yeah. or I shared this story in a What We're Cooking and Eating Now episode recently of like, I wrote detailed instructions. I walked through procedures with Ella but I was going to be unavailable during that time. So like if she had questions, she was supposed to reach out to Brian and that caused confusion. (laughs) So I think that there's like this thing here where it's like, no matter what recipe we're talking about, no matter what steps we're talking about, communication across the board is key here. Yes, totally. Before we get into the rest of this week's episode, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. Stacy, this year, fall and winter mean back to the classroom, sports, after-school activities, and even fall and winter holidays. Masks, optional. So more than ever, I'm looking to do all that I can to keep my kids' immunity boosted. I am right there with you. These days, staying well is not just about keeping our kids and their communities safe. It's also about keeping things running smoothly, to be honest. Having the sniffles can cause confusion and stress, disruption, So vitamins are an especially important part of our routine. 
That's why I couldn't be more thrilled that Haya Health is back as a Didn't I Just Feed You sponsor. We were introduced to Haya's chewable children's vitamins last year, and they quickly became our favorite. And it's no wonder that they did. Haya vitamins are made with a blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. And the best part is that they are made with zero sugar. Did you know that typical children's vitamins are filled with as much as two teaspoons of sugar, a bunch of chemicals, and other stuff that many parents try to avoid? None of that is found in Haya Vitamins. It's also hard to beat their convenience. Haya Vitamins come straight to your door with a pediatrician-recommended schedule. The first month comes with a reusable glass bottle that your kids can personalize with stickers. Then every month thereafter, Haya sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins. Good for the planet, no sugar, non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and my kids like them. What's not to love? We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamins. Receive 50% off your first order at HayaHealth.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y and get your kids the full body nourishment they need. Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year, too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. 
Last year, both Stacy and I discovered Nutrafol, a supplement that supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. We've been so thrilled with the results that in 2022, we want to make sure every woman knows about Nutrafol, because as it turns out, 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through seasons when hair loss and thinning are normal, like postpartum and premenopausal, and all the times in between. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and more than 1,500 doctors recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. Most importantly, Nutrafol is 100% drug-free. They use medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages, so you get the most reliable results. And major bonus, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and my favorite, better skin and nails. No matter your stage in life or whether you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, hormonal changes, overstyling, or some other reason, there's a Nutrafol product for you. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for personalized product recommendations. Grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code D-I-J-F-Y to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus get free shipping on every order. That's $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code D-I-J-F-Y. So do you feel like we covered ground rules and should get into some like yeah, good recipes? Yeah, recipes. Yes. Okay, so start with what you had Ella made. I had her make a what we what we I called pizza casserole. I think we have a very similar recipe on didn't I just feed you? It was basically like fresh packed tortellini, pasta sauce, pizza cheese, pepperoni, and like it's all tossed together in a casserole dish. That's something I would totally like prep the night before and put in the fridge if I needed to. That day I did it just like in the afternoon right before I walked out of the house and and set a timer for her of when to start it. And we did that along with roasted broccoli, which again, I like put on the sheet pan, drizzled with oil. I did a little bit of salt on it. And then when I got home and dinner was still finishing up, I added some garlic to it. So I think any of those like pasta casseroles where you could like assemble it ahead of time that is a whole genre that's open if you're up for and have time to prep it either on the weekend or the night before or in the afternoon. Yeah. So this is interesting because I think there's kind of two categories of recipes that we'll be talking about. One is that something that can be just prepped ahead. You know, when I was cooking for myself, my mother was not prepping for me. Right. So there's also some really, and I don't have that many of them, but like really simple dinners that still feel like good family dinners that I think kids can assemble and Mm -hmm. put together themselves. But for reheating, I think this is the perfect time to talk about chilies and soups and stews. If you feel comfortable with your kid just reheating something on the stovetop, you can even like let something come to room temperature beforehand. So like before your exercise class, you could have taken chili, 
from the pot out of the fridge, just put it on the stovetop, let it sit and come to room temperature, and then give her instructions for like how to reheat it and stir it a couple of times. Exactly. Also, we've talked about slow cooker meals recently. And that is one of those things like my mom would start the slow cooker before she would leave for work. And sometimes I would turn it off. And then there were other times where she would like assemble everything and have it. It was some, like if it was something that took like two hours to cook, like a simple soup or something. And she would have me take it out of the fridge and put it on the slow cooker and turn it on. So when you say like chilies and stuff, and we're talking about some of us being averse to our kids heating stuff up on the stovetop, yeah. the slow cooker is another really great tool where you could take that chili that you already made and have them reheat it in the slow cooker when you're gone or like when they get home. I think that's great. The other great thing, I'm realizing that there's kind of a theme to a lot of my ideas, which is one pot meals where the veggies Mm -hmm. are in there. I was most impressed with the fact that you left her with the casserole and broccoli. I feel like when I think of my kids helping me, it's like one thing is all yeah. I can get them to do. But then I'm like, then I still have to come home and cook the vegetable. So I'm realizing that a lot of my ideas are like everything, the vegetables in there. So the chilies, the soups, the stews. Another idea I had was estrada. Mm-hmm. So like we have a recipe for our ham and cheese and I think asparagus strata, but stratas are great because you can prep them the night ahead. Most people think of them, they're a savory bread pudding. Most people think of them as a brunch dish, but they make a great dinner also. It's basically a casserole using leftover bread and eggs. And you can add vegetables and protein to that all at once. And then all they have to do is put it in a cold oven and reheat it in time for you to come home and take it out of the oven if they're afraid of going into a hot oven. Yes. Also, she pan meals. Yeah, totally. Or that same, like, that is a one pot thing or one pan for the most part. I know we've talked about that there's like some nuance sometimes and maybe you have to split things up between two pans. But I think even Ella with her like inexperience, if I was like, here's a zip top bag of the things to put on this sheet on one sheet pan, here's a zip top bag of the other things to put on the other sheet pan. She could dump those sheet, those bags. So they're just not like sitting out the whole time and put those in the oven. No problem. So then that opens up like a whole other. This is interesting because I think of sheet pan meals as requiring a little bit of maintenance mid cooking. Mm -hmm. And I think that my kids would be afraid to go into the oven and deal with that. Like Oliver is comfortable with the cooktop. He's comfortable with like fire and pan and he knows the oven makes him nervous because it's like a wall of heat. Yeah. And then he like gets intimidated. Okay. So this is like interesting nuance, right? Where it's like uh, the story I told about how when I set Ella up to make this meal, Brian intercepted the communication that we had already had and was like, oh no, you have to preheat the oven. And I said in that, in telling that story on that, what we're cooking now episode, like, I knew that that was going to make the broccoli kind of weird that she was going to preheat the oven with the food in it, but that meant she didn't have to handle anything hot. So I think there's something where it's like, I know, I think on like some of these things that we're suggesting or that we're talking about, like maybe the results are not going to be as good, like not as crispy of broccoli or like not as browned of a casserole. Like I would have loved if Ella felt like she could take the lid off the casserole yes. dish so I could get some browning on the cheese. But also, like, 
we're talking about these situations where you're like so busy, there's so much going on. And like, if dinner is hot and like done when everyone gets home, even if it's not the best, I will make that compromise. And I think that's something I'm accepting, but not saying out loud when I'm talking about like, okay, sheet pan meals, like maybe everything's not going to get browned evenly the way it would if we like supervised it. But I'm accepting that. I agree. I think that's a really good point. So, you know, managing your own expectations. I do think not to be <laughs> nitpicky and spoiled about my dinners, but like a pasta casserole, even when it's not as good as when you make it, is easier to get to deliciousness than maybe certain sheet pan meals. Like if it's Absolutely. not crispy or it hasn't been, the steak hasn't been turned. It's a little like womp womp. It's fine. It's dinner. It's warm. We're lucky we have it. But like, so I would, I would personally veer more towards casseroles yes. that I can prep ahead. Cause I think there's a bigger margin of error in the deliciousness quotient. I love this conversation. Cause it's, it comes back to like, just being the cook that you are like, yeah. or, and the eater that you are. You you never have to select sheet pan meals so that they don't have to be mediocre if you don't want yeah. to. And you can like, I think I'll select fewer like stovetop things, yes. but like one pan pastas sound like they're perfect for Oliver. Totally. For you guys. Totally. Yeah. I do think sausage on a sheet pan is a really good one because that doesn't mm -hmm. like sausage and potatoes is great. Tots and hot dogs. Tots and dogs. <laughs> Favorite. <laughs> For Oliver going to the stovetop, I think Oliver could totally make us pesto pasta. Yeah. And then like also we have a recipe for a spinach pesto that is already packed with spinach. So I feel like and he could make a bag salad too, honestly. But bag salad, yeah. yes. Bag salad. And then going back to the sheet pan, just putting chicken nuggets on the sheet pan, popping that in the oven and having them make like, you know, get two bags so it's a big hearty one. My kids could totally do that. We have a recipe for a dinner-worthy ramen salad that's really delicious that I think is good. And part of what makes it yummy is the dressing, which does have to be microwaved so that you can use the ramen packets without it being uh, grainy. But that's a really easy one. Like if you prep a whole bunch of ingredients and then really any kind of dinner salad that can sit. So like kale salad can be dressed and can just sit for a while. So that's great. Like either you dress it or they dress it at any point and they don't have the pressure of it being like time constrained and then throw chicken tenders into the oven so that you can top a big yummy kale salad with chicken tenders. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned chicken tenders because then it also opens up this idea of like you are really good about buying like frozen snacks but yeah. those are things that you could like easily have your kid th throw in the oven and like be par either part of dinner like finishing a salad or like our dinner if you have if you do enough of them and supplement with like some microwave steamed veggies or something totally too. cold noodle salads so you know that's something where maybe your kid cooks the pasta as well and then it just sits it's very low maintenance or maybe if you're not ready for them to cook pasta you cook either soba noodles or spaghetti or tortellini and then like have a sauce that you can prep ahead of time whether it's like a vinaigrette or a peanut sauce and they just need to like steam it a mame in or broccoli in the microwave and just toss everything together. That's a really good assembly kind of meal, thinking about all manner of cold pasta dishes. We have to mention sandwiches too, because yeah. 
Well, I love a sandwich dinner and especially during like very busy seasons is something I rely on. How I make them so they feel more substantial for dinner is just like buying nicer bread, like doing hoagie rolls or like a big sub instead of doing sandwich bread and like buying some other meats and or sauces outside of like our regular lunchbox turkey and ham. And I think that like if you have a kid who's truly I know that's like so last minute, but like if you just want to break the seal, dip your toe in, like getting your kid to like get out and build sandwich stuff might be a good entry point. I love this. Can I say something about the about kids and about like how this is so about knowing your own kid? Yes. I feel like making good dinner worthy sandwiches would actually be harder for some kids, even though it's not cooking because there's so many elements. Like, do you ever put out one of those dinners where you're like, it's a make your own and it's supposed to be easier. And actually you're like, Jesus Christ, like 5,000 where's the cheese. Oh my God. I forgot that, that I want to put this out and I run that. I feel like that with rice bowls. Yes. Where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to make this little slaw with this cat. Yes. Yes. And there's, I do know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like some kids might get overwhelmed by there being a whole lot of elements to like put out. And I personally don't want just like ham and cheese and mayo for dinner. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but I think it's still a like very smart on point suggestion, but it's again, like those variations, like maybe that would overwhelm your kid. And I want to throw out, like, maybe it's a meal that is like for one, we've talked about this before, like the sports night, like everyone can assemble themselves. Like maybe because we've run into this, like having to like drop one kid off and pick one other kid up. It's like maybe that one kid who's at home makes their own sandwich and it can be just turkey and cheese and mayo. And then when you get home, everyone also, it's like not that it's not different dinner for everybody. You're also making sandwiches and maybe you take it a step further. It's like in between kid prepping dinners and yo-yo dinner, like the sandwich lives in between there. Exactly. I wanted to add, you could, there are some sandwiches that would be awesome if you like pre-assembled them and then the kid at home was responsible for just like pressing them in the panini press before everyone gets home. Great one. And if you start with sandwiches, it's like, okay, it's Oliver's sandwich night. Then you could like slowly upgrade them to putting something like a Mississippi pot roast in the slow cooker. And they're in charge of then like just slicing the hoagie rolls and like cheese to put the finished slow cooker that like maybe you started before work and they started when they got home into sandwiches. So it's like an upgrade from cold sandwiches to paninis to slow cooker I love sandwiches. It. I love it. And then thinking about slow cookers where you're doing most of the prep and they're just doing a little bit of like mindful watching, getting them to do like the veggie or the salad part of it too going back to like any day cookware to make microwaving vegetables really easy, microwave steaming, bagged salads. Like there's a lot that kids can do. I want to go back to something you said at the very top, which is don't, you know, don't spring on them some responsibility that they've never had the chance to do with you around. And Oliver, who's more of my cook, is someone who made breakfasts more than dinners. And he did that kind of under my watchful eye. And then he kind of graduated to doing pancakes and scrambled eggs and fried eggs on his own. And I just want to remind everyone that that makes a great dinner too. Like if you have a kid who makes pancakes, 
and that's something they've done for you for a long time, like have them make pancakes for breakfast for dinner night. That is awesome. And that's a great use of like, if you have an electric skillet and like, you don't want them to be on the stove, they can, and they know how to set that up. I love that idea. Yeah. And scrambled eggs, which maybe doesn't feel like a full dinner. Like it is if you make egg sandwiches, you know what I mean? So like you come home and you just Mm -hmm. cut the avocado up and like, I don't know, like have good hoagie rolls, like you were saying, and can melt cheese on it. And it becomes like a breakfast sandwich dinner. Yes. You can kind of beef it up. Which... Yeah, which we talked about that too a little bit with Ali Slagle, like this idea of like something that seems really simple. Some nights when you're just like trying to get it done, it might be the thing that you ask them to do so you can like eat and run depending on what's going on. And what about egg salads and tuna salads and using tinned fish? Like those are no heat things that you can add to a salad. Like, I mean, this is so old school diner. I obviously grew up in New Jersey, (laughs) like a scoop of tuna on a big salad. But I still love that. I think that's delicious. (laughs) Yes. Or like, you know, tuna salad or chicken salad sandwiches. That's great too. Yeah. I think a little bit what, what is coming out of this too is like, there's so many different entry points to like give your kid. Cause that was the thing. Ella, bur- Ella did burn herself the night she made dinner and she seemed upset in the like text thread and Facebook messenger FaceTimes and all of that stuff. And then later when we were like downloading how she felt about her day, it was one of the things that she noted that she was proud of her day about. So like, you know, I, I mentioned sandwiches, you mentioned breakfast, like there are really easy entry points that even if you're like, oh, that's something that I can totally assemble in 10 minutes when I come home. Isn't there something like really beautiful about giving your kid that responsibility where like they kind of can't fail if you have to get home, like they didn't do it and you have to get home and assemble the tuna salad still like you won't be totally bummed. But if they do it, they have this moment of like they contributed to the family. They helped you out. They fed everyone. They learned some, they did something on their own. I think it's really powerful. And then they have a skill that they can take when they're on their own, which I know is not something that people are thinking about when they have a seven, eight, nine, 10 year old. But you know, before you know it, you're going to have a nearly 16 year old like me. And even though he's still definitely several years from being out of the house, I'm starting to think about like, oh my gosh, like, do you, (laughs) you should know how to feed yourself. Like that's going to be something you're going to have to do soon. So yeah, I think it's great. And I, you know, an episode I've always wanted to do are things that kids should know how to cook before they leave home. We touched on it a little bit when we talked to Katie Morford about her book prep. So I think all these things are sort of interrelated. Why we cook with our kids was an episode, I think like episode number five or something. Yeah. It's funny because you can they're all different entry points for cooking, but they're all different entry points for why you end up getting your kid to cook. And when they're little, it's the touchy feely stuff. Now that they're older, it's just like practical. Like we need like help. Get shit done. Stuff. Yes, yeah. get shit done. <laughs> but it all comes back to the things that you just pointed out. It's very powerful. It's important and it's empowering to them. Yes. And also y'all parents need a break and they need a little help. A if your kid can gets into it in the kitchen like both Stacy and I did. Maybe it can be a bigger break than you thought it was. 
You know, Stacey, I cannot wait to hear what our listeners community has to say about this idea, what meals their kids cook, what age they started cooking unsupervised or starting dinner. I think it's really super interesting. We hope that you've joined us there. If not, join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes and other goodies, join our supporting community. You can also follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you and keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. A huge shout out to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I am Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.